Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Star Trek podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, uh, and we've got a full incumbent this evening. Uh, with me, co-hosting, I have John. Hello, what's incumbent mean? I don't know, I think it's everyone, isn't it? I just used okay. the words and I thought, uh-huh. it, was it right? I don't know, you're like... No, I don't think, I don't think so. The incumbent is the person who's already in the post, aren't they? Well, everyone's here then. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, John, I thought you were Stephen Fry, so you know stuff. Uh, I do. Uh, That's why he pulled you, test you out, Bob. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know stuff. I just say words, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. Most of the time they're wrong. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, and Lindsay. Hello. And and Sucky. Hello. And Andrea. Hello. Get we- the band back together tonight. Hold on, I'm so happy that we're all together tonight. This is excellent news anyway i'm gonna get this gonna engage the warp drive for this ship and then we'll get going now the warp drive's engaged i'll tell you what we're doing this week we're reviewing episode four uh, of Star Trek Picard, Absolute Candor. Uh, we'll be giving it our lights out of five. We'll be reading out your beautiful feedback and we'll be voting for the red shirt, which is always a fun bit, isn't it? Uh, but before we get into the, the review, anyone got out to say? Well, yes. Oh, 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 God. Sorry, everyone. I was just going to say, I'm not going to be here next week. So, oh. you know, oh. so, you know I'll try and get it all in today. What, what are you doing, like? I'm off to Germany. Oh, are you? Oh. That's yeah. good. Uh, ich bin das Tollingan. I don't know what that even was. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was uh, sort of a bit of German. Uh, I'm off to see my sister next week, so she, I'll be here. Does she live in Germany? Yep. Oh, lovely. That's delightful. Um, cool. Well, we'll miss you, obviously, it's okay. Uh, who, I think, who else jumped in there? Me, me. Um, I did. Uh, cool. That would be Lindsay. That would be Lindsay. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I uh, so there is a, there is a novel out this week uh, that ties in with Picard, which is very exciting. Um, so Una McCormack's The Last Best Hope was released this week, mm-hmm. um, which is set at least partly at the beginning of the Romulan crisis. Um, so just as Starfleet kind of discovered that there is an issue, um, and Picard kind of gets involved. Uh, so I haven't finished it yet. Um, but safe to say there's lots of stuff going on there that is absolutely going to impact how I and those of us who have read the novel mm-hmm. um, perceive the characters that are in the show now and the things that are happening so yeah lots of exciting stuff worth a buy then yeah absolutely um, well, are you, you, you going to read it on our behalf and tell us what's all happening Yeah, I could do but I feel like there's a bit of a spoiler issue so I'm going to try very hard not to talk about right. it um, but uh, I've got it on an audible free trial so oh, if, right, cool in uh, news and gossip, um, we've already mentioned Germany tonight, and as I kind right. of hinted at a couple of weeks ago, um, Destination Star Trek Germany has moved weekends, um, which seemed to be on the cards, but has definitely happened now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's caused people quite a lot of, of issues. Um, it's now on the same weekend as there's a, a sort of tribute celebration for Nichelle Nichols in LA, and um, oh. the weekend it's going to be on now, and a lot of people are double booked. Um, so I had a friend who booked a photo with Doug Jones for DST um, and tweeted about it, tagged Doug in, and Doug was like, 
I'm not going to be there. Um, <laughs> so they, they were kind of still selling sort of photo ops and things. I, I think um, that there's a couple of other question marks whether they're going to be there or, or going to be in, in America. Mm. Um, I'm sort of on the fence about it, really, because I think showmasters are going to get hammered for these things. I think they really are. Um, but I think if it is, I don't think we've had a, a proper explanation um, but I think if it is down to this sort of some sort of governmental thing, then there's not a lot they can do about it. Mm. And I think if they've forgotten to take some photo ops off the website, they're basically trying to reorganise a convention at quite short notice. So I think they probably are going to get a hard time. Um, but at the same time, I think they're probably in a, as difficult a position as people who are trying to find hotels. Um, it's now on the same weekend as sort of Comic-Con at the same oh, venue. Oh. Um, so people are really struggling for rooms. Um, so I, I think sort of people are kind of trying to fight through that. But I think it's it's been a little bit of a of a disaster for some people. And I'm hoping any fans out there who are thinking, of, especially if you're travelling a long way, um, can get that organised. Um, DST London um, in November they've got announcements. Um, coming up this week on Wednesday at 7pm. Um, I'm hoping that there's going to be some quite good bribes in there because I think they've maybe lost a little bit of trust with um, with fans and sort of con-goers. Yeah. Um, and my other bit of news is I will be in the presence of Captain Lorca this Thursday. Um, <laughs> the real one, not the one that lives in my basement, the the actual oh. the actual Jason Isaacs. So I will Amazing. make sure I fish for any uh, Trek info, which he won't give us, um, oh. and any quotable quotes, which will probably have swear words in them. Wait, wait, um, where are you meeting him? Um, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to the theatre. I'm oh. going to be very, very... Um, and I'm going to get dressed up all nice and and get nowhere. Um, but yes, and there's a sort of quite a nice reception, meet and greet. That sounds awesome. Beware, Jason Isaacs. Beware. Yeah, uh, Andrea, I just want to know what's the difference between the basement locker that you've got and the actual real thing. So, rumor has it that prime rumor locker. Has it, or is, this is fact. Twitter folklore has it that Prime Locker lives in my basement, um, and that's where he's been. That's why he's not been in the show. You see, he's just he, he was watching lots of Jeremy Kyle and eating like wagon wheels and stuff. <laughs> that sounds um, amazing. <laughs> There's a there's a fact there's a whole fan fiction that that goes which Jason Isaacs has read and I do have an autograph from him which says take me to your basement, um, <laughs> with pleasure. Um, so yeah, he is aware of the basement. Um, he's, he's very aware of the basement and he's a very lovely and tolerant man. Ah. So somebody who wrote a solitary chapter of that fic, I was slightly terrified and aghast to hear that he may have actually set eyes on it. However, he's got a printed copy in a book. <laughs> he's probably he's probably very happy about it, to be honest. Um, yeah. I was going to say, have you seen OA, Andrea? The OA. I I got a. I did very well out of this arrangement because my friend and I had a um, a photo op. Yeah. Um, and I was dressed as Prairie from the OA, so I uh, was I wasn't wearing the Gucci one, but I was wearing the UFO dress. Oh, cool. And um, my friend dressed as the octopus. Ah. Um, and we had half in the middle, and that's that's one of my favourite. Um, and that, that Deb is a, a very very dear friend because um, I really really got the good deal there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we had we had quite a lot of fun with that one. That's cool. Is this, no. Deb, is this Deb that leaves all this, uh, that lovely feedback? It is. That's oh, it. lovely. Deb, Deb's my partner in in crime probably Part, kidnapping. Partner in kidnapping, stalking. Yeah. Okay, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't say too much, just in case somebody's listening. 
Amazing. We now, now want to be called as witnesses. Well, <laughs> I, I feel I feel very updated now. Um, has anyone got any else? Anything else you want to say before I uh, insert a trailer and we start talking about Picard and that? Let's get on with it. Okay. Will you come with me? Will you bind your sword to my quest? The idea of going there isn't just a bad idea. It's bizarre. No one asked for your pity, Picard. Just as no one asked for your help. One impossible thing at a time. Where did that come from? So, Star Trek Picard, episode four, absolute candor. A uh, bit of a fact hunt before we get on. Written by Michael Chabon, or whatever you call him, uh, who seems to be a bit of a main man uh, in this series of, uh, of Star Trek. Directed by Jonathan Frakes, absolute legend. Um, and I think you can tell it was directed by him because it was mint. So, guys, what you reckon? I'm going to come to, I'm going to come to Sucky first. Oh, I really enjoyed this. Really yeah. did enjoy this. There was, there's loads of things happening in here. And the main thing was uh, basically introducing the character of Elnor. And Elnor, he just looks like a little pup, right? But with a with a dark edge and the dark sword, right? And I just, I just enjoyed his character. Mm. So I, I, all I'm going to say is I, I really did like this episode, mainly because of Elnor. Is that the elf fella? That's the elf fella. He chopped off the head. Yeah, yes. I have got a bit of an elf written on my notes here. He's got that kind of look. Aye. Mm. I thought he's elf. Somebody's, somebody's called him Dark Legolas. Yeah, that's what I thought he was. Yeah, a bit of an elf in that. And that and then he's was not a... a Dark Legolas. He is a son of Elrond. Let's get this right. What is he called? Eleanor? Isn't that a girl's name? So he's called Elnor. Elnor. Um, but uh, A, he has the right colouring for um, a Numenor Ian elf, uh, which is, I believe, what Elrond is. I could be Ooh. getting this wrong. Um, but he, Elrond's twin sons, who don't appear in the film, so therefore nobody knows about them, mm. uh, or not nobody, that's an absolute lie. <laughs> um, he has uh, twin sons called Aladdin and Hulrohir. So uh. the names all sit in a very kind of... And, and Aragorn was called Estelle when he lived in Rivendell, so there's definitely... I thought he had a bit of a Lord of Rings twinge to it. Like, I tell you what, I like that um, elf at the end, bondage elf, whatever she's called. Um when she was with uh, Be- Beatles Elf. That's what I'm going to start calling him because I can't remember any of the Narissa. The, yeah, the Bondage Elf. Yeah, Narissa and Nerissa. Oh, Narissa. my God. And then, the, yeah, Beatles Elf or whatever. Weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Elves, good. I'm, I'm nice to see Elves in Star Trek, apparently. Uh, <laughs> um, Andrew, what did you think? Can I just say Romulan Ninja Nuns? <laughs> yes! I just feel like that should just be a spin-off Ro- on Ro- its own. Romulan it's Ninja like, Nuns. Yes. It's quite it's quite hard to say. Romulan Ninja Nuns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I was kick-ass, wasn't it? I just think it was a fantastic idea. Um, I, I would totally take that and run with it. Um, and if they don't, I'm hoping someone who writes fan fiction will, because I, I just think that there's so much you could do with that. Romulan Ninja um, Nuns. So for me, what's lovely about it is that they haven't just come up with, like, here are some Ninja Nuns. Though. Like, they've built enough... Um, into the concept about what they do and don't do and about how they, they live their lives and about uh, to, uh, absolute candor and about, like, even that greeting is beautiful and there's something lovely about the fact that they've put that effort into creating them. I thought it was great. I mean, it was good we got a bit more backstory, didn't we, um, to, for, for Picard from the 14 years ago. Um, and I liked him when he turned up, like, for the Man, man from Del Monte. 
<laughs> I, I thought it looked really cool, to be honest. Um, uh, Lindsay, what did you think? Yeah, um, so for me, I enjoyed it more on a second watch. I think it feels a little bit like that second episode did, which was this is very much an episode that is getting us from place A to place B. Um, and while I, I look, I'm loving Elnor, and I have no problem with the fact he looks like an elf, but he does look like an elf. Um, he also reminds me of Aragorn in that he's been taken in by like this group of people where he doesn't really belong mm. um, and raised to be something. Um, which makes Picard Gandalf, so I'm quite happy with this. Yeah, he's a Ga- Gandalf look of him, doesn't he? Him and him and Sir Ian McKellen are always sort of like them two are, you know, not peas in the pod kind of thing, but because they did X Men and all that kind of stuff, and they're both in an episode of Extras as well. Um, I don't know. Oh well, of, there you go then. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot in common apparently. Uh, um, yeah, but Johnny. But yeah, no, I enjoyed it too. I think there's some really interesting points, and again, I feel like they're still giving us things. Yeah. Um, and my only concern maybe is at this point that we're now four episodes into a 10 episode season mm. and I just feel like we're still laying ground because obviously we had a bit of a, a sojourn this week from the mission to go and find Elnor and we still haven't been to see the Rikers no. which you know is pretty much an episode in and of itself. Well it's going to be next week isn't it well you might as well well Jonathan Frakes is directing you might as well use him to be Riker in it as well you know two for price of one and that. What did you think John Boy did you enjoy it? Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, the the whole uh, Elnor and the Romulan warrior nun stuff um, was it felt very fantasy. It felt very quests and elves and stuff. It was I got that vibe through the whole first half of that. Yeah, that the cool. whole thing. In fact, the whole thing I got that vibe. But as as Lindsay said, it it is does feel a little bit like it's still world building and still doing the the the, the meat of the work that, that we have to do before we get to like proper action and stuff mm. but it's it's given us plenty of space to theorize as well again so um uh, yeah so i enjoyed it i just i just um we could have had a little bit more of uh of rios and the ship and i really do like that emergency tactical hologram uh, um, I, I love all the emhs i think they're brilliant as i said last week um and they're all like and it's, it's just great for him to be acting loads of different stuff and i thought the ship looked awesome yeah. Uh, inside because you got some big long shots of the ship and I thought really, it was brilliant really really loved um, the ready room being um, modelled on, on like the, the chateau yeah <laughs> I thought that was great and I thought it felt very much like a ready room when he was saying come to get people to come in and that so yeah I really liked it and I'm still I'm still wondering about um, Dr. Girati and because uh, mm. I really like her now I thought she she's the quirky one of the team, uh, but oh, no. but she could she could still be. Well, evil. I, I like the whole crew. She I, I think the whole crew is well great. With the, uh, I'm just going to say she fits in quite well with the uh, the absolute candor uh, part of the uh, the nuns as well, in that she does speak her mind. Yeah. See, she's increasingly kind of annoying me because <laughs> I, I think it, it it's quite a, a strange sort of character quirk they've given her because she's meant to be this like top professor of robotics or cybernetics or whatever and the, the kind of like she's like a, a scatty socially awkward kind of tilly vibe yeah, about but that it. kind of makes but, sense because a lot of clever genius people have a bit of that i'm not going to say or you know like not, i'm not going to say maybe autistic but they have they have something on the spectrum where no no i'm not i'm not thinking it's made like a kind of ooh, like a giddy 12 year old girl who just I'll seems completely yeah. out maybe, of place in the maybe that's a way of socially interacting and that's a way of putting people at ease it's just no, it's a deeply manipulative way to behave, though. 
So but this, this might that... be my inner bitch Ooh. coming out here. But I women who rely don't. on flirtation and on, oh, I'm bored, look at me, I'm cute. Like, oh, it's a I'm... deeply manipulative tactic. Have we stumbled on something there? Because isn't she a bit too nicey-nicey and good to be true? I mean, it was strange how she kind of just rocked up just as the Romulans were kind of, like, attacking and stuff. Is she a ringer? Is she... See, oh, I said that last week. Yeah, Yeah, we did. This is one of our theories that we might be... It's one of the many theories. Well, yeah, we've we've got some theories. You've got our theories, haven't you? But, I I, I mean, I like the whole crew. I think it's... um, I think... Because I've had ta- you had time to get to know them as well, which I always think is a benefit. Um, I'm, I'm liking the the current incumbent. I'll put in that word again because it's wrong. Um, <laughs> but I'm liking the crew. I think they're all cool. I love. I said last week I love um, Captain Big Balls, and I love his all of, all his EMHs. I think like just just class, and it must be an actor's dream to be able to go off and do all this like. Daft, you know, one minute he's like some weird um, hospitality hologram, then he's some big Spanish crazy weapons pilot and all that. I just think well, it's awesome. I think uh, the hospitality hologram was probably the favourite one that I've seen so far just because really little things like no uh, awareness of personal space. Like he was just too close to Picard all the time. And you could kind yeah. of see Picard like like crawling inside his own skin. Um, and it was lovely. Like it was a really nice touch. And we had us uh, we had another F bomb when uh Rios actually turned up there and swearing at him, and immediately the hologram just vanishes because he he just knows he's not wanted. Yeah. Don't like swearing, does he? he? Fucking hates him, doesn't he? Apparently that was a bit harsh, <laughs> I thought. Like, but you to be fair, that was probably the most natural it was swearing natural, yeah. that we've had so far. Yeah, and he can kind of get away with it because he's like Captain Big Balls, isn't he? So, it's... well, he's not supposed to be Starfleet officer. So. Oh, Andrea's got a piece to say. <laughs> I'm I'm quite fond of Captain. <laughs> I thought you, I, have really? to, I am a, a little little bit fond of him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm, that, I'm, that, that, that comes as a surprise, Andrea. Are you going to be prepping a space in your basement for it? Yeah, is it a your basement for him? That's all. I'm, that's what we're thinking. I wouldn't kick him out of my basement. <laughs> I'm saying that he's got those bad boy vibes. Um, he's got a past, and I'm wondering if we're going to kind of go down that road are we going to get a bit more flashback because I think this well I, I might as well drop it in now with sort of seven and nine appearing at the end mm. um, as soon as that ship appeared you, you kind of you, you knew who was going to be there because her name in the opening credits and pretty much kind of killed any element of surprise um, but I think what we've never seen we've never kind of seen what happened to the Voyager crew when they came back we've never seen them in, we've never seen her interact with Picard have we so yeah. Um, I think that I think probably if they're going to do more backstory, I wonder if they're going to do that. But I would quite like to see kind of Captain Rios's backstory and and how he's kind of come to be where he is. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if they're going to go down the backstory route, I, I think in the next episode, I think they're probably going to use Seven of Nine for for that kind I, of. I must admit that I, that that finished me off. You had bondage elf woman, and then and then suddenly Seven of Nine. I'm, all, I'm, I'm nearly for, I'm, I'm over. I'm nearly forty-one. It's too much for a man of my age. Unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I quite, quite enjoyed that. I think um, I suspect if we get more of Rios's backstory, I don't think it's going to be this season. No. Um, I could be wrong, but I just think there isn't enough space for them to start digging into the other characters the way that we're getting the the history about um, Picard's involvement in the the Romulan Exodus. Um, I just. I could be wrong, but I we're going to struggle for space in. We got we got a little sniff of Rios last week where he he uh, implied that his captain had been killed in front of him, but that is like literally it. 
we don't know much more about him. He used to be Starfleet, and now he isn't, and that's it. Yeah. So I think you're probably right. I think there are there's too much going on, and there's too many people whose backstories need filling out, and I don't think he'll probably rank up there with the ones that need to be done. No, but this I'm, next season, and there's short treks now. Uh, we may well see short treks or a novel. They're doing quite a lot of novel tie-in kind of odd things. So there's there's potential, even if we don't get it. I can't see them. I, I can't see them now because there's, at the moment it's four episodes in, and they're still, as uh, Lindsay said, we've still got to see Riker in there, and uh, and Riker and Troy, right? So I can't see them adding on another little episode just to explain Rios's backstory this season. They might do it next season. Might not. Might not even do it at all, right? And just let people use their imaginations or use the books uh, uh, as to fill in his background. And I, I'm quite happy with that. And just he, I don't need to know his backstory. I just know he seems to be a person that's in some sort of pain because he's seen a big catastrophe happen in his past life, and he's still living with it, as judged by the books that he's reading. I mean, I don't know what the uh, name well, of that uh, book was. And I think we know he's a nice guy as well. Like 100% know he's a nice guy, um, and he's continuing trying to be a nice guy, as well as obviously a little bit of a bad boy. You know, his ships in perfect order. Um, and all that kind of stuff. So he's still clinging on to the good, um, <clears throat> but like you say, Sucky, there's obviously some dark issues. He feels very much like Tom Paris to me, or Nick Lacarno, depending on which iteration of the character you're speaking about. Um, in that, you know, he's possibly done something he shouldn't have. He has, or is paying the price for that. But that doesn't cease um, to, yeah, to mean that he has person. a potential yeah. to be a yeah. good officer or to, uh, to add something to a mission. I'm kind of curious what what's happened with Seven because she's clearly like in that sort of outside of Starfleet now. She's kind of seems to be operating in a kind of more sort of renegade kind of role. Um, so I'm wondering how she's kind of come to that situation. Um, I'm wondering if the sort of synth bands had some sort of impact on her because obviously she's been she's been part of the Borg. Or do they classify her as sort of part machine or? Do you think? Do you like, think she's going to join the crew full time? Because I quite, I mean, I think that would be the icing on the cake for the current crew that we have. Um, well, she doesn't have a ship now, so she hasn't got anywhere else to go. Currently. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. It'd be great if she did join the crew full time. But like Andrea said, I think, I think it's going to be quite fascinating to find out what she's been doing and what she's going to be doing, kind of thing. It was a yeah. nice little. It was a nice little ship as well. I think uh, that entire battle between the old style uh, Romulan ship. Uh, and when it blew up, and I was quite surprised to see uh, Seven of Nine. I was sort too. Of beam in. I mean, I know she's in it, but I didn't see. I skipped the titles at the start. Yeah, so I, I, I did that. I didn't well. have that ruined for me. And also, they yeah. kept they kept, they kept saying him as well, didn't they? To be fair, that's what they gave it away to me for me oh, because right, they were yeah. so purposefully saying he 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 he, and I'm like, really, really. Um, <laughs> I wonder if she's one of these. Um, is it the Fenris Rangers? Or the Fenrir Rangers, um, who they speak about protecting that area of space. Yeah, I wonder I, if she's got involved in that. I heard something about that she's part of some sort of, not a rebellious thing, but a sort of like a crew of some sort that uh, deals with all the sorts of trouble that's all around there. So I hope so, because as she kicks ass, as you can see in the trailer for the next episode, she's uh, she's proper badass. I think I haven't seen that yet. Well, I think one. I think for me. She's one of the most fascinating characters um, in in Star Trek history. I think you've got like your Spocks, your Datas, that kind of thing. But I think she's up there with that. I just think her characters have always been incredibly fascinating. Um, 
because it's because because you, 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 you saw Hugh in the Next Generation, um, you know him becoming basically being debogged, um, but her journey lasted over X amount of seasons, didn't it? So it was a long one. Um, well, I'm just the three characters that you just mentioned: Hugh, uh, Spock, Data, and Seven and Nine. They're all people that have had their emotions checked, hmm. and it's all reconnected with their humanity, so to speak. In Data, just trying to discover what humans are like. I wonder why she didn't uh, go with her original name, Annika, since uh, since she's come back from Voyager. She's kept Seven of Nine as a name. There is no, a no, no, hold on, sorry, John. She never called no, herself... No, apologise, No, no, no <laughs> she, <laughs> she never called herself Seven of Nine. Picard no, called her Seven of well, Nine. Book out so she might, she might, she might uh, call herself Annika in the next few... Well, we'll see in the next we'll... episode. I think there's also there was a lot of chat in in or around Voyager. Some of this may be fanfic. One struggles after so many years um, about the fact that Annika is not a name she necessarily identifies with anymore because she is no longer that child. Like she she is not the child that was called Annika. Now part of her is Annika, but for me, you know, it's it's the difference between call, being called Seven as a term of endearment almost. Mm. Um, so that that will be interesting, I think. Um, but we shall see. I, it, I I would anticipate that she's going to have fallen out with Starfleet over something, which I think oh, is yeah. entirely fair. Everyone's fallen out with Starfleet, haven't they? Pretty much. <laughs> well, clearly all the good people have. Although we're going to caveat that because we don't know there may be some people like Janeway working from the inside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, if Janeway comes into it, I am going to scream at the TV for you, Lindsay. I think. I'll be like, wow, yeah, January. So it'd be, it'd be nice. I, I think it should be noted that I would love it, but I'm not holding my breath no, and I'm not no. be distraught if but it doesn't happen. I'd be very, I'm going to be very happy for you. Put it that way, if you just. Well, only if it. they make proper use of her. I don't want her being like some kind of admiral who's there for three seconds. <laughs> oh, January, never be a admiral. That's a word I love as well, admiral. <laughs> to be fair, there is Equinox, which is possibly the most admiral a captain ever gets in any episode of Star Trek. But we'll move swiftly on. True true um i know that people will have notes um obviously i've got loads um but i'd like to leave your notes anyone want to say a few more things vashti is that the name of the place yes yes it that was great the whole it that whole awesome. set down there the the backdrop to that uh, in that is it a tavern or whatever that becomes romulan only towards the end and i thought that the the way it looked when we go there 14 years ago against the way it looked now was a great you could see they really worked at that rather than just like use the same set and not bothered much with it very you, could also, you could also see it in the costumes as well because when uh, picard first lands the costumes are all bright uh, and slightly, uh, you can't see the colours and everything. And then when it lands 14 years later, it's all drab and dreary and stuff like that in the costume. I, I am enjoying these little backstories. We keep getting the sort of the first quarter of an episode or whatever. Um, and I just, yeah, I just, I, I'm loving the sort of the pacing of it. I know people keep saying it's a bit padding and all that kind of stuff, but I'm loving getting to know all what's going on. Um, and I just well, you can't accuse them of rushing it, can you? No, I, I think I think they're doing it really, really awesome. Like. Yeah, and that for me, it's the, and I'm going to use this term and then I'm going to caveat it because I mean it to mean more than perhaps people will assume. Um, but I'm really enjoying like the diversity of um, the society that we're seeing. So yes, I love the fact that there are, 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 are Romulans with a variety of different coloured skin, but there, but there was more than that. There was, um, in terms of age and in terms of um, 
it's hard to explain. They just looked like a proper strata of society. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really just loved that because that uniformity of look and the same haircut and things. I think that's one of the things that, that, that Star Trek always gets a bit. I know with Doctor Who, if you got like a. Um, a sort of generic looking mon- not monster or villain or whatever it, it was a sort of term of sort of negative term was it looks like a Star Trek monster or villain you know because like you're saying there they always make them look regimented and the same there's no like proper sort of difference in ages colour everything like that and I, I think in general it's obviously a lot more gritty a lot more adult Picard um, but I'm loving that we're seeing all different kinds of everything really yeah, the Romulans are getting the makeover that Klingons got for next yeah. gen and, and Space Nine and other things. Yeah, and it's more like, padding. Yeah. Speaking about uh, exciting things that going on with the Romulans that I hadn't spotted at all, I spotted this on possibly a Trek core tweet. Um, so somebody has caught the fact that the Romulans have ridges on the kind of um, how would you call it, like the shell of their ear, so the outer cor- yes. outer side, um, and some of them are more defined than others, um, and there does seem to be some kind of variations in there as well. And just these lovely little things that you can see now with um, better quality images and stuff, it's it's lovely. I'm really enjoying that. Andrea, I'm concerned you've not spoken for a while. Um, I've got a lot of the same notes, to be honest. I think that I've seen some sort of ripplings amongst the, the sort of murkier side of fandom about the fact that there were black Romulans which was already canon anyway um, and people like kind of complaining um, what are they compla- the co- complaining really? yeah yeah <sighs> people complain about literally anything yeah if it's there they'll complain I'm so pleased I'm not on Twitter or the internet much because it's just people just like slagging stuff off don't they it's, a bit it's, it's <laughs> like a hobby and, and I think like people have managed to like monetize slagging things off so yeah, I, I, yeah, the whole bandwagon around yeah. it um, but I think those kind of early scenes I think they were massively important not just to kind of set up backstory but actually that's the a whole kind of human context of what Picard's doing and why he's doing it because mm. actually he's carrying a massive amount of guilt yeah um, and he was he was emotionally attached to those people. They weren't just sort of numbers, you know. You hear about however many Romulans there were. These were specific people who he spent time with, and and who were very grateful to him, and who he kind of went to visit, and and he had those sort of relationships with people, and that sort of on a sort of individual level, that compassion. And then he he's kind of he hasn't been there for fourteen years, and obviously his reception's very much changed. And I think they were sort of, if you look at the theme, I think of the series, I think it really is that sort of mirror on society is is about sort of how we treat refugees and and mm. how we sort of deal with that as a society. And I think that that kind of message is coming right through the series. And I think that was really quite pivotal in, in kind of telling that story Definitely. that kind of reflects our own times, really. Absolutely. That's also, that's also like um, the way Jean-Luc didn't speak to Rafi for 14 years after he let her down. He, he also didn't speak to or try to contact uh, Vashti or anything anything like that. So that's doubling down on the fact that Picard is like, uh, he really, really took spiral down after that 14 year, after well, it was, uh, the Mars it, attack it, and all that it, stuff it, stopped. It, it really, he kind of stopped his life, didn't he? Well, it, was, it yeah. was such a big thing, wasn't it? You know, like Picard has always been an honorable, awesome man. 
uh, and then he's doing all this he's moving heaven and earth or whatever to, to, to assist the Romulans irrelevant of what anyone thinks he just sees them as lives and people and he wants to help him and that's awesome and then Starfleet go against you know what their principles are better be which is sort of chucked a bit of a a curveball into everything about Starfleet, really. The fact they are a bit. But he, t- he turned sort of isolationist himself after that. Yeah, because he, could, he couldn't handle yeah. it. He was like, well, I've just let, thou- you know, tens of hundred, well, millions of people down, pretty much. That must be a massive thing for anyone. But then, how do you, do you, what do you think of the scene where he decides he's going to uh, go into a Romulan bar at the end? I love right. it. I mean, I love it. If, if, if he, I can understand him going in there if he'd got back up. Right, so because he knows he's an old man, he knows he's going to get hassle. He may know that he's only got seven minutes on the planet before he can get beamed up anyway. <laughs> Maybe he can decide I could just cause a bit of ruction and then get beamed up out of the way. So but interestingly, if it wasn't for Elnor, he would have been dead. Well, he would have been in trouble anyway. You don't know how long he might have been able to stall for. Um, so one of the things that I wrote down, like when he goes down originally, the fact that he doesn't seem to read that the atmosphere is very different straight away. So he's busy trying to say hello to everybody and clearly that's not going down well. Um, And I'm not sure whether it's because he has in fact lost that perspective, whether it's, he's just kind of keep trying to go for it. But at the end, there are three possible options that I figure is that he knows that Elnor's following him and he's basically trying to create a situation whereby this young man has to step in and save him. or he knows he only needs to survive seven minutes. Or possibly it's related to this issue that he has with his brain. Like, is this possibly a lack of judgment that we're seeing? I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I just saw it as in... He, he, he Taking was, a stand, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he? just making a stand. I just was like, yeah, go on, Picard. And also, when he picked up that sword and he had a, he had a bit of a... on guard with that fella, I thought he looked pretty strong. I thought he could have held his own, me like. He's a great fencer. But we, I, I just, I think what we know of Picard is that he's not the one who goes and picks a fight. Yes. No, but it wasn't. I don't think he was picking a fight. I think I. But pe- he did. He literally went in and no, started just, tearing shit up. Yeah, he I'd, did pick a fight. I'd, I, mean, I, I felt like the the bar thing though. It was almost like it, it was sort of alluding to kind of segregation and the fact that you know, you, if you think about like things like the bus boycotts and stuff, it, it's almost like channeling into that, isn't it? That it was like Romulan only it, in the same way that we've had sort of racial segregation in our own kind of world. Um, and it was like, almost like who's going to be the one to chuck the sign away and say, actually, yeah. you're not doing that. That's kind of the way I saw it. I saw it just as in like, this is just ridiculous. I was happy though, that the uh, Romulan ninja nuns um, <laughs> were happy to see him. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was a bit like, if they'd have, been horrible to him. I've been a bit like, oh Picard, because Patrick Stewart again. I, 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 we're going to say it every week. What an actor! Just mm. absolutely amazing, Patrick Stewart. Well, what? Yeah, well, I, that scene, that scene where he's uh, oh, fourteen years ago, oh, no. and he goes down to the to Vesti and he's speaking to the nuns. I found some of that pretty pretty wooden acting. It's clunky, but the reason it's clunky is because of this absolute candor thing, because I had exactly the same problem. I was watching it and I was like, oh, what's going on here? It just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. And then you suddenly realise that they are almost speaking different languages. And Picard is so fundamentally uncomfortable with addressing things head on and being open about how he actually feels that his affect is off. 
I suspect, well, that's maybe quite generous if you are. <laughs> possibly, possibly. That's a, a pretty excuse. I didn't pick up any of that. I just, I'd, I don't know if it's, I'm in such awe of Patrick Stewart because I just think he's amazing. Um, that, that, so he's amazing, but I, I, I understand what John was saying with that, them scenes with the yeah, the nuns. Because uh, yeah, they're a bit they, weird. Yeah, he just had it just that seemed to be uh, a bit weird vibe like and it just didn't sound true like oh well one of the things that i really enjoyed though about his interaction um in that flashback was the fact that they were also building depth of character there this idea that you can find children difficult and challenging and not necessarily be particularly comfortable with uh, close physical contact and you know she explains why he feels that way um but then still care for someone and that duality, I think, is really important. I don't know that they landed it quite as well as they might have, mm. but the fact that they tried to address that, that just because he sometimes finds children frustrating mm. doesn't mean he doesn't feel for them. We're not going to mention Rolf Harris again, just saying. Um, oh, <laughs> no, that really? was the theme of last week's podcast. Just, you know, it was not the back. theme of last week's podcast. <laughs> it was you boys doing nonsense. Oh, no, sorry. If, we're, if we're lawing the tone, go on, can, we go on, mention, can we just mention the incesty Romulan brother and sister? Because I feel like they're really ramped oh. that up. Do in we the actually episode? know that they're siblings? I think we've just made that assumption because well, he no, talks they, about they, losing a sibling. Well, no, they have said, like, sister. Have they? Yeah. 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 Unless they're saying yeah, like, as in like sisters and brothers of the same race, I don't know. Oh, okay. But yeah, they've I, definitely I said sister, he's definitely said like dear sister and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt like they've gone a bit Game of Thrones with it, and like they, they were kind of hinting at it, but it was like, yeah, this is really in your face now, uh, and I'm not quite sure what to make of that scene. Really, it's like I, I don't know why this is here. Talking of uh, scenes that you don't know why they're here, what about that sliding along the oh, floor oh, thing on the on the off. cube? That was oh. the that was the worst. That was literally the only, yeah. I, I blanked that out of my mind, John. That was the shittest thing ever in Star Trek history. I, just, I mean, I hated it. I, I'm not going to say it's the shittiest thing ever because I thought it was quite interesting and it and it opened up a few uh, doors on Narek, um, Narek and Soji. And it did a little bit of like it's good to see them like uh, just letting loose Swatting a little bit. About. But, it was just, but there was a, that little scene on the way to that uh, when they're walking down the corridor and um, he says, oh, "I've got something to show you," and she's like, she twitches her head like Data did when he when you intrigued him about something. So that was quite a loud uh, little a pointer towards the fact that she's a synth. But yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I just thought, oh. It reminded but, me a bit of Dancing on Ice, and I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I for me, thing. like... Oh. oh, no, go ahead. Uh, well, they had, they're nice, they had some Romulan ale, and their nice little date, and then they <laughs> kind of went ice skating, and I'm thinking, why is that there? And I'm wondering, are we supposed to start to think that maybe he's, like, going against the plan, and he's getting a little bit attached, and... Well, I, I mean, I thought as well, when he said it's a Borg ritual, I can't see any Borg doing that. You well, know, I think he was just around. teasing her. I think uh, is right. basically yeah. what that was about. Now, if it had been like, and this is the problem, like if it had been another set of characters. So, for example, had it been Riker and Troy, like it's it's the kind of scene that you would enjoy as an insight into a relationship. Mm. Yeah, I um, give you that. But I I am increasingly aware of the fact, and this happened with Discovery as well. There are just relationships and plots I don't care about. Yeah. Um, and I just don't care about Narek. I just am deeply uninterested in him and his sister. I suspect it's quite important, though. That's the problem. Oh, absolutely, and it's fine, and I will tolerate it because they will have information that I need to know. But this is like um, 
uh, Ash Tyler and uh, Michael Burnham. I'm yeah. like, I'm just not there for it. I don't care. I, I, I'm just not that bothered. Uh, I don't hate it. I'm not going to stop watching it. I just... No, no, I just, I just didn't really... You know when it, when he uh, like you said, I just I don't know I find it all a bit weird and awkward and I just didn't really feel the need well, for it. But there you that go. Scene, that scene where his sister is kink choking him on on the oh, bed. Kink yeah. choking. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's um, that felt a little bit like he is starting to fall for Soji a bit and and he's finding uh, the duality between um, wanting to do his duty and and his heart as well. Mm. I think but, that's starting to pl- come into play. And it's just it's just unfortunate that it's it's done in such a weirdly clunky way. Yeah, well, that sliding scene and that choking scene, they just looked really fake as well. Though that's what sort of put me off. The sliding scene, you see him running, and then you see him sliding for a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's down at the other end of the corridor, and you, he's already seemed to be slowing down. Same with her when she started sliding, she only slid for a little bit, and then all of a sudden she's down the other end of the corridor, and then the choking scene. So you your problem tell. is continuity then? Yeah, well, continuity. <laughs> it just, it's off-putting. And then you've got the choking seat, where she's got her hand around his neck. But she, you, you look at it, you can tell she's not putting any pressure on him at all. <laughs> well, you didn't want him to, <laughs> to act. But you're thinking is now our official um, expert just, in chuckles. Well, yeah. I watch, I watch so many crime dramas, and you can just tell. <laughs> Right, put, put, put you back into it, love. Proper joking. Yeah. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Amazing. Now slap his balls. <laughs> oh, come on, John. Come on. Oh, come on. That was a step too far, John. Yeah, John. <laughs> yeah, Bob says. Um, cool. I, I bet. Have you got loads of notes, by the way, Lindsay? Colour coded and all that uh, kind of stuff. To be fair, they're not colour coded this week because I've had quite a busy weekend. Um, but I do have one or two. Um, so Picard talks about the per- um, having allowed the perfect to be the enemy of the good. And I just don't think he did, because he went in and he tried to compromise. Like, he went in, and we saw in the flashback last week, him, him and Rafi speaking about the fact he was like, no, no, I said, like, you know, if we can't do everything, we should do something. And they were like, no. So for me, I, was, I, I wasn't I was quite convinced about that. Mm. Um, I do think that she's perfect. Uh, Soji is perfectly right about Narek. He's hanging around with no combadge and no clear job and generally being very secretive in a very crap way um well like if he's trying to be secretive he's not doing a very good job of it and the romulans are kind of notorious for being secretive meh um what else have i got oh triangular bread like this falls into the category of we've made the bread a different shape just for the sake of it <laughs> logically you would never make bread triangular because bread doesn't naturally form a triangular shape well, it's a- alien bread you can definitely get stotties that are triangular. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, well, yeah or potato scots, but that's because yeah. you make a circle and then you cut them into triangles. Yeah, then you then you put it back in, you know, put the, the bit you cut out on the outside back in again. Well, keep, triangles, keep going. Triangles okay. seem to be a thing with Romulans, don't they? They've got triangular cards, they've got triangular tarot things. Oh, I absolutely get that that's where it comes from. But I just looked at that bread and I was like, why would you cook it in that shape? It doesn't make any sense. I, I thought it looked very tasty, that bread. Have we got yeah. any? Have we got any vinisms, by the way, this week, Andrea? Um, I think I've been very good. You um, have too I've, good. I, men- I mentioned the incesty brother and sister. Um, I've mentioned Stork and Jason Isaacs, which isn't really <laughs> related to the episode. But um, I think the only thing I've kind of I've done this week is I didn't really go back and watch any TNG, and I've, I've been poorly and I've been stuck in bed. Oh, um, so I, I enjoyed Measure of a Man in Bed. Um, put the comma where you want. Um, wow. <laughs> and 
I have to say, right, <laughs> so I'm assuming we're going to see Maddox fairly soon. Yeah. And I, like, I sort of I remembered the episode, but not properly. And like, what a bell end! Like, yeah, I is. can't believe that that like soulless knob has made Soji and Daj. Uh, uh, unless he's had some road to Damascus transformation. Um, well, like, there's also the, oh, there's also oh, the thought oh, that oh, maybe he is. I'm, I'm there's also be... a thought that maybe Maddox is a synth himself. Ooh, interesting. Which is why he was so in, intrigued as to figure out how data worked, and, and that's why he was part of that whole thing. Well, so if, if you look at that, if you look at Measure of a Man through the eyes of that, it becomes a whole lot more, you know, uh, it becomes less of a knob and more of a sort of oddity. True. Uh, I'm going to press my uh, Lindsay gasping alarm because she had a gasp. Ooh, <laughs> <Okay>. There you <laughs> go. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, um, what we did get from Narek and his sister, though, is the, the, the confirmation that they are to kill all of them. So we spoke last week about there not just being one set of sisters. Um, so we've now had confirmation that there is more than two of them, that they need to know where they came from so they can find the rest of them. Um, so that's interesting. Mm. Cool. Did, or well, did I just make nest. that up? No, that's the, nest, that's the nest that they've been talking about, isn't it? Yeah, I was just—you mm. had me contemplating then after you after you, you said that statement. I, I went to my own <laughs> thoughts. Um, it all goes quiet, and I get the fear. No, 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 uh, no. Oh. We were just like, oh yeah. Uh, has anyone got any more thoughts or notes they would like to give us? The battle at the end. Yeah. Um, that was really good. I love the yes. way that 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 ship's nacelle got sort of sliced off and it was uh yeah it was a good old-fashioned star trek battle it was great i like the i like the whole shielded planet thing as well and all that kind no, of i thought that looked great as yeah, well it looks awesome i think everything looks awesome and i think mm. we touched on it um in week one i think andrea mentioned it, it was i wish wish this would be 4k because I, I watched it on my not 4k tv and i watched it on my massive 4k tv don't know if i mentioned it uh, and it did look awesome but if you had that expanse 4k look it just would look even better but anyway it's only a slight grunt, but it still looks awesome. Right, I've got a couple of notes. Go on then, suck it. Right. Right, we got that uh, when uh, Gerati and uh, Rios were talking, and she says, uh, how come you've only got Klingon opera? Right, and he says it's a long story. Now, is Klingon opera, is is that decent to listen to? or is no, it's it awful. 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 Now, who listens to that? Just the Klingons? Uh, yeah. Mainly. Yeah, because it's yeah, so Do you think Rios's captain was a Klingon? Right, somebody mm, that, oh, so he possibly. keeps the opera yeah. around so for him to listen to. Oh, interesting. interesting. Right, well, so I that, might have been that been could his... be Worf there, couldn't it? So that might have been his... Uh, oh, yeah, it could have been Worf. Ooh. Although, to be well, fair, no, I think because... we'd probably have heard, like, Picard doesn't know him and he doesn't know Picard, which seems odd. And uh, I think there would somebody would have mentioned that Worf would have been killed. Mind okay. you, you might, you might find out when Riker is uh, no, the beat Riker. Worf was mentioned by uh, uh, the Romulans that are on the... Yeah, T-Far Man. Yeah, T-Far Man mentioned. I don't think it was. Was it not T-Far Man's significant other? What? Uh, Mrs. Dyer. One of them. Mrs. Dyer. <laughs> One of them said it. Yes. I think <laughs> it might be Mrs. Dyer. Yeah, yeah, to help him uh, get a crew together. Yeah. That cover. Yeah, so he's probably alive, so we don't get to be Worf then. Um, the, the way that he persuaded Raffi to uh, go to Vashti well not persuaded uh, told her who re- his reason for uh, going to uh, Vashti Guilt which was I may, never, I may never pass this way again right of course tugged on her heartstrings of course that stopped her from arguing with him right, so that was a JL. nice little scene between yeah 
was a nice little scene between them. Now, if you go back to this, uh, the 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 nuns. Uh, <laughs> no, no, call them by the call them by the proper names, okay? Romulan quiet... Romulan ninja nuns. Is that right? <laughs> oh, no, the quiet mulat. Yep, quite a lot. Well done, Right. Anyway, go back to the nuns. Their policy, their their ruling is they will align themselves with people who are on a lost cause. Surely, if you're on a lost cause, you are going to be losing your own people on this lost cause. What what happens when you know that's it? It's finished. Do the nuns suddenly leave and go? That's it. End. Or do they stay till the bitter end? Which means their number is always going to be diminishing. Yeah. Well, I suppose, but I mean, it's not only a lost cause because they're not in it, but it's presumably when they've joined, it becomes less of a lost cause and it can be rescued. Yeah, yeah especially. And that's the implication. Yes, so, okay. you, so these nuns think that by joining a lost cause, they will be able to turn it round. But it's, it's a one. fairly standard kind of premise as, as a point of last resort. Like, that the, there is somebody who will step in as your last, your last hurrah, your last chance, your last resort yeah. um, so really it's just a different way of expressing that same concept I think hmm. so yeah. it's kind of St Jude the patron saint of lost causes yes <laughs> well no it's, okay. and it's good isn't it because that's that's sort of as well putting more gravitas on them being able to kick so much ass I mean when he sliced that guy's head off and that it was awesome like proper look yeah, class to be fair that, the, the, um, that stunt looks really well done as it well it looks amazing with that. yeah did anybody else think that um, when they go back to the ship and Picard rounds on him and goes, why did you kill that man? Um, like, the level of anger there was quite stunting. Mm, like, it felt... Uh, like, I know Picard, we've seen Picard angry before, but that felt... Well, no, I don't... I, it felt, seriously... It, to, it felt right. I felt it felt right, because he'd done the whole, like, I'm, I'm going to stand up, you know, to stop this Romulan or, you know, Romulan's only kind of thing and all that. Um, and then he, he doesn't want anyone to die. Picard's well, never, it, never wanted anyone to die. I and mean, I think, Picard's, yeah. Picard's a diplomat. He's, he was going to find a diplomatic solution to that conflict. And then but he has Elnor literally came, just gone and picked and then, a fight with and the then, man. And then Elnock, yeah, but he could still resolve the issue diplomatically. He doesn't have yeah. to resort to death, does it? No, and no, Elnor, I just, come, but... and Elnor just comes in and chops his head off. So that's. <laughs> But yeah. I just oh, bringing it back to what happened in episode two, and I need to go back and watch this because I I can't remember quite the the terminology that's used. But when he's speaking to his doctor, do they not literally talk about um, mood changes and? Like, yeah, no, no, they do. No, absolutely, they do. Uh, but so I, for I, me, I, I'm just sitting there. If that is something that we're going to see as a thread, which I hope we would, because why would you? Otherwise, it's just an obscure and unnecessary uh, ticking time bomb. Um, then some of this behaviour, I think we have to look at through that filter and wonder whether actually this is something that is more extreme than we would expect to see from Picard normally. I, I thought it felt right, and I was I was expecting him to get a bollocking for chopping someone's head off. I can understand what you mean, though, Lindsay, because he he, he might not have done that as a next-gen captain with his responsibilities. Uh, he, he, he wouldn't have gone into that situation and stirred anything up, I don't think. I think he would have tried to find another way of objecting. Well, with 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 his next gen responsibilities, he would have had a crew that would have had phasers set to stun. They wouldn't. He wouldn't have had a a Romulan uh, a Romulan warrior nun assassin with him. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the key? <laughs> a Romulan warrior nun assassin. assassin. Yeah, Elfling assassin. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, elfling assassin. Yeah. Um, has anyone got any more thoughts upon this here episode of Picard? You... We got our first shaky ship as well. Oh, yes. I, yeah, and they were oh. proper going for it, weren't they? They were like, oh, yeah, I've not done this for ages. It was class. Well, do you think in that battle as well, you, the battle was with the canter, the warlord that controls on Vashti to Diamante, right? Do you think he will then become a big enemy as well, as in he destroyed their ship? Uh, the ship's been destroyed, so he might come after Picard and his crew. Maybe. Did we not be... hear that he pretty much had found, he'd managed to get a hold of a singular bird of prey? So I'm kind of assuming that he doesn't have any more resources. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Mm. Could be an enemy for later on in the season to come back for revenge, Ooh, though. Yeah. Who, who, who was the one that fired the shot that cut the nacelle off? Was that, uh, that seven? Was, yeah, it was seven. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. seven. It was. I seven. It was a combined effect. Well, it could have been combined, but she, she, she gave the killer blow. So she might be the one that uh, is for which Canada's after revenge. Yeah, it feels repercussions. Uh, kill anything else, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think so. Uh, by that silence. Uh, oh, I tell you oh, what. One, oh, oh, oh. one point, when we were introduced to Rios back on the ship at the start, I was I was thinking, what Jonathan Frakes like directorial movie are we going to get today? And we get a rise up from the floor of the camera, slowly going towards mm. um, Rios um, in his seat, reading his book. And that is such a Jonathan Frakes and it looked, move. And that's that what I'm saying. It looked amazing because you, you saw the whole ship and it looked beautiful. Mm. I thought it looked great. But yeah, you're right. He's an awesome director, Jonathan Frakes. I he is great. I think he's brilliant. At Does that. action really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we've got him next week as well, which should be good. Are you ready to give your lights out of five? Mm, I think so. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to insert the little thing. How many lights you see? Yeah. Oh! I asked how many lights you see. Exciting. Lights out of five. I'm going to come to Andrea first. I'm going to go three and a half. Um, I think it was a solid episode. I think it had a bit more action than the last one. Um, and I think it had a lot of heart, that episode. So I, I really enjoyed it. You did three and a half last one, by the way. Did I? You did. Oh, I thought I'd done three. I'm going to have oh. to up it to a four then, aren't I? Give it a four. Four lights. Oh. Cool. Upped. Uh, it's okay. I am actually going to the same with Andrea, three and a half. He was, again, as, well, as Andrea yeah, said. Andrea went four, to be fair, in the end, so. Did she? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Bab, I just blanked out there. <laughs> I thought you said. Oh, well, no, I'm still going to stick with three and a half. It was just a solid episode. Cool. You went three and, and a half last week as well, Sucky, by the way. Well, it looks like I'm, I've got, a, I've got an average by the way. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Lindsay. Hello. Hello. Um, I am going to go with uh, 3.75. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to give. Damn. You don't um, you copy. It's fine. It's the best form of flattery. Um, <laughs> or imitation is the best form of flattery. Imitation. Copy and same thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, so uh, a good episode. Solid. Not like up there with the fave faves yet, but I suspect it might grow with time. Cool. John Boy. 3.8. Oh, he has to be different, doesn't he? Just it? to make a point. Also, because I really enjoyed it. and It was a great little episode. And roll on the next week. Can't wait for it. Cool. I'm going to go with Four Lights, because I thought it was ice. Um, but the scene where they were dancing on ice pissed me off a bit. Um, 
not pissed me off, but I was just like, oh god, it's a bit. I, I, I don't want to see that. But then, like when when Lindsay pointed out that if it had been like Deanna and um, you know uh, Captain Riker, Captain Riker. Oh yeah, he's Captain. Um, he is it. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think that would have meant a bit more to me. But yeah, definitely a strong four. Cool. Enough what we think. Let's find out what you think. It's time for listeners' feedback. Right, it's time for your feedback. Before we get into it, though, we just want to remind you about our competition to win John's little bit of wood. Um, so basically, at the end of the uh, Picard season, um, our, in our award show, when we do awards for different episodes and bits and pieces, uh, we'll be awarding John's little bit of wood to who we feel has been the not necessarily best contributor, um, but sort of, yeah, just giving us some interesting opinions and bits and pieces, and you got to get a chance to win John's little bit of wood. Um, anyway, into it we go. Bruce Wayne um, uh, uh, on Twitter at NL underscore dark underscore night. Warrior nuns of Romulus. Um, could be an entire series in itself, and I definitely watched the crossover remake of The Sound of Music. Uh, Q Christopher Plummer in full... Chang Klingon gear singing how do you solve a problem like a remit <laughs> he goes on again <laughs> um, I, I like the episode though it was nicely it nicely introduces two extra crew, a crew to a ship um, that was looking a bit spacious with a crew that obviously uh, want to compete uh, comp- uh, with a crew that obviously won't complete um, but, I, but can I step back here and address the elephant in the room Asimov his complete robot book was pulled out in a previous episode by Starfleet Cybers never thought um, to Im- never, never thought to embedded the three laws of robotics for if you're a purist uh, in the synths it, uh, that's like Ferrari building a car <laughs> not fitting wheels uh, I hope that hope when they find Maddox at the free cloud uh, the Picard slaps him with a book for being stupid good point Mm. Yep, absolutely. Um, and again, it comes back to that issue with if it's to do with the coding, then anything that's coded could be a problem. For example, holograms. Mm. Um, so I have uh, some uh, uh, a review from Deb. Uh, so the at Lofty, uh, previously mentioned Deb. Um, so she's saying, I'm shocked to type this, uh, but I wasn't keen on this week's episode. I do want it to. Um, I was <laughs> apparently coveting, uh, as she corrects later, uh, John's wood too. Uh, this was not <laughs> supposed to happen. Um, so after uh, the three episode setup, they're on the ship, ready to go and Picard takes a detour. Ooh, I thought, going to see Riker? No, Picard is going to have a flashback and be nice to a kid. Sorry, it doesn't wash. Oh. We know you're an evil dog deserter killer jail. Ah. Um, we have not forgotten number one, even if you have. Um, then the kid... Uh, grows up to be a moody failed Marvel hero (laughs) who grew up in a nunnery and has super fighting skills and an Aussie accent regional Romulans Deb, regional Romulans Um, I was expecting a quiver full of flaming arrows, enough now can we get back to the mission and number one oh I did like Picard picking a bar fight I want to do that when I'm 79 (laughs) I think we decided that he was even older than that as well but still (laughs) cool Uh, Right, uh, we've got a ship's deep dive, and he's put, uh, love how it's moving along, great bit of space fight, and a samurai Romulan badass to accompany the ever-increasing heroes on their mission, with a dash of seven to, uh, two. Uh, great show. Uh, cheers uh, at Deep Ships. Thank you very much. Andrea? 
so we've got Prog to Who podcast um, at Prog to Who. Um, I enjoyed it better than last week's. The plot seems to be moving along nicely. It's a visual treat. I'm defo on board. Eight out of ten. Awesome. Uh, John, uh, I'm, I'm he says uh, last week you were all wondering if anyone is watching Picard who wasn't an established Star Trek fan. My best yeah. friend is. He's vaguely familiar with Trek, but after watching Picard, has asked me to list the, the best TNG episodes to watch as homework, which has delighted me. <laughs> In the 29 years we've been friends, he's never watched an entire Star Trek series with me. He's seen random episodes, but I couldn't ever get him hooked. Somehow, Picard has accomplished this. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, brilliant. Thank you for that. I'd have ditched him after two years. <laughs> um, oh, and she, con- she, she continues, John. There is an addendum. Mm. Uh, as for this week's episode, I am obsessed with the notion of Romulan warrior <laughs> nuns. Vulcans and Romulans are my favourite Star Trek races, so I, f- I love finally getting more Romulan culture. Also, Picard's relationship with the Romulans reminds me a lot of Ambassador Spock. Mm. Oh, and I'd take a phaser blast for Elnor. He's precious. <laughs> a phaser blast. That's a new one. Uh, Gary Russell. Hi, up, Gary. Uh, another stunning episode, 8 out of 10. Lindsay. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Cliff Shepherd, a great episode building up to be a fantastic show. We've got David Paul Morgan, and he's brought another good episode, and I'm still totally engaged. I'm still putting out the plot strings, but it's really compelling. I really like the devious Romulan brother and sister. Picard's stopover at Rivendell to recruit an elvish warrior <laughs> made me laugh, and a nunnery of Romulan warrior nuns. What a concept. The character of Raffi is starting to grate but I love the captain and his army of hollow helpers. Nice use of the holodeck, and I didn't guess who the surprise return character was at the end. Another eight ball cubes out of ten for me. Mm. Cheers, David. And uh, the next bit, uh, whoever's going to read that, is uh, uh, feedback for our last episode. Oh, cool. Do you want to, Andrea? I feel slightly embarrassed reading this out, to be honest. Oh, it's um, your friend. It's all to do with you, Bob. Yeah, it's your friend. He does name-check me. Yeah. Um, enjoyed, enjoying the latest pod, but missed Andrea's Geordie tones. Um, no one else did, Deb, but, like, thank you. That's not um, true. I missed you. Yeah. It's saved on subtitles for the week. <laughs> um, so I share your concerns about the lack of number one. I fear he was not a good dog, and no one seems worried. The Romulans burst in, not a bark. I'm worried he... I'm worried they took him to Dog's Trust for sleeping in the guest bed. Picard didn't even say goodbye before going off. I mean, it's apparent either way. Picard is a bastard. <laughs> Plus, you are missing the obvious with Commodore O. She's been up late in the... Do- <laughs> oh, she's, she's on a dog bomb. Also, I think <laughs> Laris is my feckin' role model. Oh, that's Mrs. Doyle, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> cool. And uh, John Boy, do you want to finish us off these little comments? Um- Proctor Who uh, commented, I quite liked Dark Legolas. Yeah. Cool. That's it all, isn't it? So thank you very much. Um, don't forget, you can win John's little bit of wood, so keep contributing, just keep it up, uh, and then we'll decide who's going to win John's wood at the end of the season. What's, what's happening with the T-shirts? Is that still well, on? Well, the T-shirt, the, yeah, the t- we've had, so we've had one. So basically, if you leave us some fee- nice feedback on, uh, well, feedback on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is now, um, we're going to put you in a prize draw to win a T-shirt that says, uh, this is my lucky red shirt, large. Um, and uh, we've had one so far, so they're, they're winning. <laughs> so let's get some more, because you, you can't have a prize draw with one, can you? 
many t-shirts have you got? Just one. One. one t-shirts. Okay. Have you? Have you actually <laughs> just to confirm? Have you worn it? No, I've got. No. I, I've got. I got two. Didn't I? Two different sizes. I've told oh, you. Right, Amazon. Okay. Amazon refunded the one I was going to send what, back. What, what you do? What you do is you offer the either. Either pro either as a price. They say one can be used and one the can't be. Look, this no, is no, not... you only give out the one, but who wants a used T-shirt one, one by me? A used smelly one. Well, look, a used... it's not. Uh, a well, there's a, there's a kink out there for somebody, yeah, right? <laughs> if you're kinky you know, and you, weird, and you want appeal any... to everybody. Oh my god, I, I, mean, put, I, I put four pairs of Star Wars boxer like, shorts up as well. Like okay, can we just have a conversation about the fact that Suki has become the expert in chocolate <laughs> and apparently <laughs> also yeah. in the dark market for worn you're clothing? Kinky, you kinky well, bastard! You know, this is the Trek equivalent of Gwyneth Paltrow's pants, isn't it? Right. Okay. So also, then I'll put up some Star Wars pants. Um, used if you want them. Uh, so uh, the choice is yours. My used Star Wars pants. So, yeah, unwashed. All right. Nice. I'll, I'll get I'll get two days out of them inside <laughs> oh, out, inside no. out inside out. You know what I mean? That's how you were doing it. Uh, right. Cool. Uh, what we're doing? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> we're fighting for a red shirt. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. And it's my favourite bit of the podcast. We're going to vote for who we believe has been the worst horse this week, with reasons. I'm going to come to. Uh, Lindsay first. You made me go first last week. Oh well, Andrea. And, oh, uh, Andrea then. We'll go Andrea first then. I'm a bit torn this week, Ooh, to be honest, because I, I feel some bad things were said about Patrick Stewart's acting, and I'm yeah. not sure. Oh, were you there? Yeah. Um, yeah. I should vouch him off. All right. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm I'm going to have to go when we got there and and say John for um, <laughs> and Patrick Stewart. Amazing. Excellent. Um, John, I'll come to you. Yeah, well, I'm going to vote Andrea. <laughs> we, we are adults, by the way, people. We are adults. So I'm going to vote for you because you voted for me. I've got two reasons. One, obviously, voted for me, therefore revenge. Uh, and secondly, uh, just because uh, just because of poor Lorca, poor Prime Lorca, and his base. I feel oh. sorry for him. Oh, Andrea! So I feel as though he's been uh, I feel as though he's been held there against his will, and I don't like that. One for John. He loves it. He's got a onesie and everything. He says that. That he's got a onesie. <laughs> he that's, says that to you, but he might. Yeah, that good. onesie only covers a small little area on his body. Yeah, like, well, you know, it's not a proper onesie. Onesies are just abuse, yeah. right? So it's one for John. It's probably a thong. One for and, <laughs> Andrea. Lindsay, I'm going to come to you now for your mark. Oh, okay, for your. I'm going to put. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for my mark, uh, no. Um, I am going to vote for Suki I feel like this is victimisation here. Oh, going no, because you've just been like a dirty old man tonight. I don't know what I've got into. <laughs> old man. Eva, Usually, I, I, I need you to be like the upstanding member of the male community, and you've just failed tonight abysmally. What have I said? That's amazing. Well, you want about um, kinky chokeholds that they want she wasn't doing firm enough. No, 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 I never said kinky chokeholds. And then you want about then you want about dog hey, or Young John, I just this, said he looked fine. At this point, I can uh, mention Ralph Harris again because I thought he was Who mentioned Ralph Harris? All right, so 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 John's on one, <laughs> Andrea's on one, and Sucky's on one. Uh, oh, what do we do now, Sucky? Well, I'm going to have to give for Lindsay you now, Arthur. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I so think, childish. Oh, so childish. Wait, so childish? Why is he so childish? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm banging the table here. Yeah, come on, Grandpa, grow up. Yeah, you know, we're totally giving Bob all of the power here you now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's yeah. amazing. He's like the Simon Cowell of this podcast. I'm loving now. it. I'm loving <laughs> it. Fuck off, all of you. <laughs> 
so yes, Sucky, you've gone for Li- Lindsay. Did you say Lindsay? Well, no, no, actually, no. Shall we just go for tactical voting? No, 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 I'll go for Lindsay. Sorry. Right. So every, everyone's on. <laughs> well, everyone's there any justification here. Everyone's on one each, right. they? Apart from me. <laughs> just revenge. Okay, that's good to know. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm good. Oh, it, you've all been awesome this week, though. That's the problem. Um, and I've been really impressed by Sucky's kinkiness. So uh, it can't be Sucky. Why have they ever said anything? You should be dirty old men. Uh, I'm going to get downstairs and beat oh, up one of my daughter's do. teddy bears. <laughs> I'm going to beat up one of my daughter's teddy bears. Oh, my I God. Think, oh, okay, I think freak. that deserves yeah. a vote, don't you think, Bob, yeah. because Sorry, of that? Sorry, Sucky, you absolutely freak. I'm going to go for you, and that's you on another red shirt. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, cool. So <laughs> ne- next week we look forward to uh, episode five, which is called... How, is he, how did she die? Who? How, hold on. How, how oh, many yeah. have I had? Uh, 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 you've had two. So you're on two. Yeah, Everyone else, else on one. I'm on none. Somebody else had one each. Yeah. That's not Sucky, leave, you know, maths. Oh. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work it out, me, yeah? Yeah, I'm gonna two votes. Everybody else has got one. I'm gonna who has none. So yeah, we need it's to. Gotta, it's got to be death by kinky chokehold. Kinky chokehold, yeah. Yeah, as long as it's that, fake. Obviously. Can, can can it be kinky chokehold applied by a teddy bear? <laughs> yes. As long as it's fake, I don't mind. Yeah, that's you, Sucky. You're being killed by a kinky teddy bear chokehold. Or something. <laughs> um, so we're looking forward to, to next week now, um, which is called Stardust City Rag. Strange name, isn't it, for an episode? Um, directed by Jonathan Fricks. Uh, episode 5, I'm uh, very excited. They get to visit a cantina, nice. Well, yeah, Stardust City Rag sounds a strange I'm name for an episode. I want singing. If Seven of Nine and possibly the EMH don't rock up to sing and data, I will be very sad. Well, we'll see, won't we, next week. Anyway, thank you very much for listening indeed. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to all of you and hope you've enjoyed it too, dear listeners. It's Taddy Bye from me. Bye. Bye. I'm going to spell Dr. Smooth. That one. It's smooth. Smooth. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Who are you looking for? Bruce Maddox. I found him. We must extract him. Are you serious? Sending us down there looking like this? We really need to sell this. We need to show a little panache. You're killing it. Something's not right. Ambush. 